Welcome to the Mind of the Fans podcast. Your go-to show for all things Premier League football. Join host David and Spy every week as they dissect the best and worst moments from each match. Delivering insightful analysis and engaging discussions from intense rivalries to top-notch performances. They've got you covered, but it doesn't stop there. Stay tuned for updates on major European games and breaking news. Get ready for an unforgettable football experience on the Mind of the Fans podcast. Let the games begin. Hello, beautiful people. We're so glad to be back. Welcome to episode 7 of Mind of the Fans podcast. We missed you guys so much. Spy, how are you doing? I'm very good, David. How are you? I'm amazing, bro. I'm good. I'm good. I miss this so much. You know, with the Premier League out, you know, we, had, we took a quick break. So I miss this so much. I hope you did too. You missed it too, you know. Hopefully I did. Uh, I wish I did miss I don't speaking know to our very, our very lovely fans. Miss speaking about the yeah. game. Yeah. So he, he missed, that's a yes from him. He missed it. I, I enjoyed that, you know. I love that. It I makes me happy. Say yes. It makes I me so happy. Yes. I miss you guys so much from both of us because I'm speaking for both of us, you know. We absolutely miss this. So we miss And we're glad to be back. We're glad to be back. Premier League resumed this weekend. So definitely we had to come back with it too, so. So glad to have you guys on this week's episode, episode seven, but seven episodes in, five metrics in, you know. But first and foremost, as usual, we appreciate you guys for your support. I know we were out this past week, but we're back now. Again, I appreciate you guys for your support. I appreciate you guys for your love. You know, keep doing what you keep doing. Keep following. We'll keep giving you guys the good stuff time after time again. But first, before you do that, tell us how you spent your one week break. What did you do, you know, away from Premier League, all that good stuff? Uh, one week break, I basically just had training, played football, walked, pretty much, that's it. Walked, yeah. I know, like, without this, you were, there was, like, an empty void in your heart, so just wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, that makes me, that makes my heart so mushy and stuff, like, makes me so, oh my god. Well, I, I, on my own part, you know, I did a lot of research, you know, for us to keep improving and getting better. Spent my one week doing that. Lovely break. Good time to just rest, fix up a little bit of stuff, and then well, back at it, you know. Back at it with episode 7, Matrix 5. So what do we have for you guys' episode? Nothing really much. We have, obviously, we'll talk about the games from Matrix 5. A little bit about Champions League. And then we'll round up with uh, Matrix 6 predictions and look ahead to the North London Derby. So that's pretty much what we have for you guys. We wanted to bring a sports fan on the show, you know, as an Arsenal fan. Having a sports fan on the show would have been amazing. But we weren't able to get the details sorted out quickly. So we apologize for that. But yeah, we'll look definitely look into the, into the North London Derby that's coming up this weekend. So let's get right into it. Spy Matrix 5. Should we start with your predictions? Should we start with the actual results? What should we start with? Uh, start with the predictions, please. Your predictions for it. Okay, lovely. So first off, Matrix 5 kicked off with Wolves Liverpool. Kicked off with Liverpool Wolves. Spy predicted Wolves to lose 2-1 to Liverpool. Then Villa Palace, he predicted 1-0 to Villa. Fulham Luton, Fulham to win 2-0. United Brighton, Spy went for the reverse psychology there and no, said Brighton to I, win 2-1. I, I, gave, I gave a scoreline of what I've seen for this season. Yeah, you, you, season, you said... United is, is looking shocking. 
No, no, let's 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 pause first. This is what he said. He said all the times you have given United the scoreline, it has always come back to biting the ass. So now you said I'm going to go for Brighton in the whole reverse psychology thing. No, so, you said the reverse psychology. I just said I was Yeah, because you said you said you're you no no, you said you are going to like go for that so that maybe the gods will favor you and then pick Maybe the but I gave a scoreline. Maybe. Okay, you give a scoreline. Well, yeah, you give a scoreline for Brighton to win 2 I by the scoreline I did. Yes. 2-1. You picked Spurs to win 4-1 against Sheffield. West Ham to lose 1-0 to City. Newcastle to lose, to win, to beat Brighton 1-0. So mm-hmm. looking at all the results, you did get that one. That's the only one out of all the results, which we'll get to in a bit. That was the only one you got. But then, one more Chelsea, you had Chelsea winning 3-1. Arsenal Everton, you had Arsenal winning 2 0. And then Forest Bolly, you had Forest winning 3 0. Sorry, 3 1. So now the actual scoreline. Do you want to give it or should I give it? I'll give it. So, yes, please. Saturday early kickoff. Wolves hosted Liverpool and they lost 3 1. Liverpool taking a very shocking victory. Okay, so the scoreline for match week five Liverpool won three goals to one. Aston Villa won Crystal okay. Palace three goals to one. Okay. Fulham won Luton Town. 1-0. Manchester okay. United lost to Brighton 3-1. Okay, Spurs won Sheffield United 2-1. Manchester City won West Ham 3 goals to 1. And Newcastle okay. won Brentford as I predicted 1 goal to 0. Sunday kickoffs. Okay. Bournemouth, Chelsea had a 0-0 draw. Mm-hmm. Everton hosted Arsenal and lost 1-0. And Monday night Smackdown. We had Nottingham Forest tying with Burnley one all. So, in your predictions, you got ten percent of it correctly. Are, are you proud of our record, though? I am honestly proud that I I got seven out of ten victories correct, but not the scoreline. Not the scoreline. That's fair. Yeah. But in terms of scoreline, just ten percent of it. In terms of scoreline, that's a bit difficult. But I'll take what I can take out of it. I'll take the positives out of it, and the positive is that I got seven out of ten. Hundred percent. That's good. I I like how you think positively. Like I love people that positively think. Let's go. Okay, so let's talk. Let's start with the major headline. Obviously, United Brighton. I mean, okay, no. To be honest, I don't think people would consider that a headline because it's been four wins now on the bounce with Brighton winning. So, but we'll still start there. What do you think about it? What's your, what's your point of view on that result? Point of view of, it's basically Manchester United's second season saga. I, I don't even want to put it as a second season saga. I want to put it as the players showing lack of effort. You're playing for the badge. You're not playing yeah. because... People, people would actually die to become professional, to even play for Manchester United. People would give their lives up to do that. But you have that, and you're basically walking to Mark. There was, I was watching the game, I saw a few times, like, since the Arsenal game, since Brighton, Arsenal, since the season started, basically, Marcus Rashford has absolutely forgotten how to do one basic skill in football, which is to pass the ball. Other than that, he doesn't press. He literally walks. If Ten Hag wants to inflict respect or discipline in the dressing room, I think he should start from the golden boy. Because right now, Rashford is mocking it at this point. He walks, he doesn't track back. He doesn't pass the ball. 
and it still starts. That's that's injustice to me. You see, I like that. I like how you said if he wants to instill discipline, we know Tenghag is all about discipline and whatnot. You know, we know how he does his stuff. He's so strict and adamant on stuff. And let's just dive into that for a bit. You know, with all things going on with Sancho, we as we really do not know what's going on behind the scenes. But all the reports that have come out, as well as the official statement, Sancho training on his own. Then you have Anthony with his own personal issues. Do you think? Tenghar takes it too far. Like, do you think he tries to be so perfect that sometimes it affects the whole team, considering how thin the team is and all that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think he's doing what every other manager would do. It's because the club we're facing right now is Manchester United. And Manchester United players and the media and the press has a way of always twisting it around to look like it's the manager's fault. Let's take a look at Manchester City. Last yeah. season, Lewis, the 18-year-old, if I'm not mistaken, he was getting game time over Walker when Pep started playing the inverted fullback roles. Yeah? Yeah. Walker didn't come out to social media and say, oh, you're starting a young boy over me. No, he put his head down, he got his work, and he's got back his place. Calvin Phillips, Pep said that in the press conference, he's overweight. Calvin Phillips did not go to Pep or go to the press him um, to his Twitter and, ta- and type, um, I'm not overweight. I'm in the limit of my contract. He didn't. What did he do? He kept his head down. He's walking. He's not still in the team, but is, is he in the press? No. He's getting his way in. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Cancelo, best fullback in Prem at that point, had the number seven for Manchester City. Pep had an issue with him in training. I'm telling you, at that point in time, Cancelo had a better season than Rashford as a fullback. I can say this anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And Pep told him, yo, listen, this is my team. Pep sent him out on loan. Since then, he hasn't been back. That is Pep. That's a manager showing discipline. But because Manchester City or other players, they don't go out to the press to speak, which you're not supposed to do. You handle the ma- If your coach complains about you, he is in charge of that jersey. He is in charge of the team. He has the right to do that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's where Sancho, that's where there's a line crossing what Sancho did, where everyone is like, okay, it's not just Ten Hag. Sancho obviously did what he did. But then you have the aspect of where he came out and said he's not putting in the proper effort at practice. I mean, they asked him a simple question. Why wasn't in the team? He could have just said personal reasons or stuff like, did he have to be so detailed, which made the whole press turn on it and make it look like it's much more than it is. Exactly. And they interviewed Walker about, I think it was Alan Sherry that interviewed Walker about the Lewis, Lewis case. And Walker said, he's a young boy. This is his time. Let him go there and prove it to the world. Walker is encouraging it. Sancho goes to the press. Instead of Sancho to say, um, I need to work on my game or try and divert the topic like how footballers do. If they ask you why have you not been selected, just say, oh, um, personal reasons or the team selection. Or just say something. You must not go and say, oh, the manager, this, they don't like the way I'm training. They don't like the way I'm training. That seems like the problem is from you because a collective is not just going to pick one player out. Due to the fact that if you remember last season, they had literally wanted Sancho in his team. He sent him out individual training. Once he came back, you could see the smiles on his face. 
means that he actually wants it. So for him to say, you're not reaching my standards, he is 100% right as a manager. I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm going to be frank. I don't think he could have done it that way. I think though he could have done it from a better perspective, said it in a better way. But yeah, he, you know, he knows best. He's definitely way smarter than me in that sense. So, but then in terms of when we now come to like the likes of Anthony with their own personal challenges that won't really go deep into here, do you think all these things are affecting the dressing room? Like, do you think this is what is making people look like they don't want to play for the badge? Like, do you think all this stuff, let's, let's even go back to like Maguire. Stripping of the armband from Maguire, the whole Maguire transfer saga, all that stuff, and then you come in, you have the Greenwood think, stuff, then now Anthony stuff, and now Sancho. Meant, what it's actually meant to do in the dressing room is meant to encourage the players because if you Sorry? look at it, it's meant to encourage the player, players rather than making them feel like they don't want to play for the club. Because if you look at it, Mikel Arteta will use them as an example. Or use Arsenal as an example for the situation. Since Mikel Arteta signed for Arsenal, only three or two players are still in the club since he signed. Yeah. Saka and I don't know who it is. Is it Thierry or Tomiyasu? Cedric. Cedric. Good. There are only those two that are still in the club. He has gotten rid of Obama. Obama was the captain. He what, turned up late to training. He wasn't, doing, he wasn't disciplined as the manager would like. What do you do? Stripped up his captainship. Kept on the bench. If that is Manchester United, the players will start like Maguire situation. That's literally it. Maguire is not reaching the standards of Ten Hag. Ten Hag strips him off captainship, drops him on the bench. It's exactly the same thing with Obama, just different contexts. But the main thing is that they got stripped from captaincy. Yeah. Kept on the bench. Arsenal players were motivated to go on and try. They did not even care about Obama. They were just, let us play our football. Instead, Manchester United, they want to, oh, he's a bit too harsh. You're playing football. This is not Sunday league. You are playing, you're getting paid to play here. You're expected to reach a certain level every, it's Manchester United. What can I say? It's it's a social media club. That's all I can say. So, yeah, which brings me to my next question. So you're saying as much as, yeah, the all is going on in the background and things are happening. Social media is making it so much more than it's meant to be. Yes. Yeah, I think, yeah. And Manchester United is a social media club, basically. If you see their 100%, fan yeah. base, their fan base, everything is a social media club. So I think as a manager in Manchester United, if you want to bring the best out of your team, just take all their gadgets away and let them just <laughs> play key like- football. Like children, yeah. That, exactly, that's because that's the only way. Because you got Rashford sees um he's he's paying more attention to fundraising or feeling children more than his football. And the, the next day but he and you know, those, to those things are good too. Those things are good too, so those things are good, yeah. But once you focus on so once you start seeing social media as a footballer, you're going to see the goods and you're going to see the bad. And bear in mind unless you are Lionel Messi. Even Lionel Messi, there will be still more bad than good. 100%. So, yeah. Rashford may score a hatchet today and people praise him, but you still also have that group of people that say, Why well, can't you do that every week? Yeah. So, in every good, there will be bad as a footballer and there will be more bad than good. So, the best thing to do after a tense football day, get your head down, get back to work. But Manchester United footballers, they want to get their head down and be on social media. 
hundred percent. And I think just to add to this before we round up, I, before we go move on from this deep diving of United, I think the results also aren't helping the issue. Like you know, back to back losses. I think if they were probably winning, it wouldn't be this bad. But then the results, the fact that they are losing, also adds an extra mountain to it. Like it just makes it really bad. So I think I it's mean, just you, a cannot, lot you cannot get you cannot get results unless you have that chemistry. And the chemistry is not there. You can see the back line giving it their all. Sergio Reguilón, Lissandro Martinez, they're giving it their all in the back line. Bruno Fernandes in the midfield, Casemiro, giving it their all. And what are the boys doing? Rashford is walking. He cannot pass the ball. So many, so many setbacks. And honestly, I feel Angel Nana will soon run up for a corner kick and absolutely slap Rashford on the pit. I feel like it's about to happen and it will happen. Because yeah. he, he doesn't take he doesn't take rubbish as a keeper. He sees what is wrong. He runs to you and he tells you as he did to Maguire. So Rashford very soon I think he'll run up to Rashford and tell him that. Yeah. Okay now let's let's talk about the game itself, the Brighton game. I mean as I said before, many people weren't necessarily surprised about the result considering Brighton had won four on the bounce, both home and away. And obviously, Pascal Gross obviously has seven goals now against United, right? He grabbed the headlines and stuff. But what do you think? You, what do you think Tech Hang did wrong in terms of tactics in that game? Because I've 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 heard I've watched so many stuff. I have my own opinions and stuff. But what do you think he did as a United fan? What do you think he did wrong? In the first first fifteen minutes of the game, you could see like his tactics was working. Hundred percent, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. You could, you could see maybe you could have said United were balling at that time. Yeah, yeah. But I think after a goal, after it being considered a goal, the the heads just jumped. Everyone started playing individual football. Bruno Fernandez was on right centre back for some reason, doing a certain play. Um, and I keep saying this. You are leaving Casemiro alone. Ericsson doesn't do that defensive job. Ericsson was even walking. I have literally have videos of Rashford and Ericsson walking instead of pressing. And that led to third goal. But taxes wise, I feel Amrabat needs to come in quick because Casemiro is getting locked out in that midfield. Ramos Hoyland. I'll give him more time. Marcus Rashford needs to be bench. Granato will bring so much, so much more to the table than Marcus Rashford will. And honestly, that's why I think he did not go wrong in the tactics. I just think it's the players being nonchalant about it. No, I think I think he got the tactics wrong. And here, here's why I said he got the tactics wrong. So he decided to play three in midfield. Right. And then Bruno and sorry, not three. He decided to play four four two. Right, with Bruno. He decided to play Ericsson, Bruno, Casimiro and McTomney. Then he played Rashford and Hoyland, right? And he and then he put Ericsson and McTomney out. So what Brighton did was that they came, they were like, Okay, we're going to push all our full backs forward so you literally have 2v1 most of the time 
You see Ericsson trying to cover the fullbacks. McTominay also doing the same thing on the other side. Leaving room for Mitoma up. You see Mitoma up there because they have, their midfield was really, you see them, their midfield dropping back, but then at the same time also coming forward. So there, was, there, there wasn't quick cover up. So you see, after like 25, 30 minutes, you see McTominay gassed. You see Ericsson gassed. They were all just gassed and they couldn't keep up with the whole back and forth of tracking the fullbacks. And then you also had the two wingers that were playing. So just really bad. Like that 4 4 2 formation for my United, I think, was the wrong way to go. Especially playing four midfielders. I don't think that was, I don't know, I don't think that was that, that was spot on. But yeah, that's that my view on it. So that's, that's a very fair view. I will agree to that. But in terms of, as a 4 4 2, if, because, the center backs are not going to attack. Do you get what I mean? So if yeah. we don't have the ball, the two strikers are expected to just cover deep. When I mean cover deep, cover it so that the four midfielders, that's two midfielders, two wingers, they can each have a fullback. And then two in the midfield, that means there'll be one locking man in the midfield from Brighton that'll be free because it's just going to be, let's say Ericsson has this guy, Casemiro has this guy, it's going to be one free man, which one of the nines can just cover. You don't even need to mark him. You can just cover him deep. And then the four free backs, you can right, left back, right winger. You know how it is. Yeah. But instead, once, if Rashford doesn't press up front, the full backs, he's going to have that space to overlap. And once he overlaps, now Ericsson has two people to deal with. His midfielder and the few backers overlapping. But if Rashford cuts that out, don't even need to chase him, just need to be in position. You stop that from happening. Yeah, you basically stop that from happening. So I keep, I keep saying, yeah, maybe, okay, the tactics was wrong. Yeah, but there's some basic things that they could have done that would have at least given them more like breathing space if yeah basically okay just before we move on to Brighton for a bit what you guys play obviously you guys play Bayern this week in Champions League what's what's your thought on that do you think you come out with W or what I feel it's Manchester United the W is going to be very hard but last season exact same thing happened off two defeats came on played Liverpool Played very strong, got the got the result one two one. Hopefully that repeats itself, because if the players are ready to sit up, then I'm expecting a very good game. But United, okay. they also have a history away in the Champions League, so I'll have to give them that. Okay, so now let's just let's talk about Brighton for a bit before we move on to the next game. Brighton, obviously, now looking like they are coming for it full time, all forces blazing. What do you think of the job the Zerbi has done for Brighton? Like he's one year in actually. Like he was one year as of mo- as of Monday. So what do you think of that? I think it's football heritage. I'm not saying I'm going to give Deserbi his credit. I'm just going to give it to football heritage because once you talk about Brighton, once you talk about IMAX Stadium, you have to talk about Graham Potter because everything they are doing now is literally on the on the foundation that Graham Potter built for them. And deserve being yeah, just paint, it's just painting the walls basically. Potter, which he built the house, done the foundation, deserve is just painting the walls. 
But, you know, as they say, money can be your best friend and your worst enemy. Graham Potter, money was his worst enemy. He went to Chelsea, he looked nice for a few days, a few weeks, a few months. And now, he wishes he never did that. So, deserve a year, you're doing a good job because people can just come and turn the team around. But one thing he did when he came, he observed Potter's work and then built on it. 100%. That's yeah. my, this, which that's my problem with United or most things. But for United, once a new manager comes in, he wants to, instead of trying to build what he has, he wants to he bring change, it. He tries to change his, it. Yeah, he wants to bring in his boys, try to... United is a club of football heritage, but they're trying to change it. And that, is, that doesn't work. So. Oh yeah, credit to Brighton. Two goals. Sorry, three goals. Uh, fantastic goals. Especially that Pascal gross goal where he sat. I can't remember the defender he sat, but he sat him down and took him to space. So that was a really, that was a really quality goal. Uh, as I said earlier, he has seven goals against Manchester United. Apparently, Manchester United is his favorite opponent. So absolutely love that game. Let's move on to in another game. Liverpool Wolves. It looks like Liverpool have this thing of starting slowly and then picking up the pace, especially in the second half. Do you think it's actually kill them at a point? That's starting slowly. Do you think it's kill them at a point? 100%. 100% because there are some certain teams that you cannot start slow against. Once you go up against teams like Brighton, Manchester City, you have to start strong and finish strong. You cannot slack and then go strong. You, know? you have to start. You have to play all the way on game because for them to be conceding easy the goal that they considered against Wolverhampton was I don't even I don't even understand it. It was a very strange one. I don't know what Neto was doing to the defenders, but yeah, it was a very strange, yeah. strange goal to concede. And then after that, it's like Mohamed Salah just or oh, I was going to even comment on that for a bit. Like he came and just took over, like you know, with the hat trick of assist. He's he's doing all the little things, not necessarily even scoring precisely, but just you know assisting getting the ball yeah, making those I passes am, i'm very very sure he is not happy with the assistant I, I i i do i also have that feeling in my like at the back of my mind that he prefers he, scoring goals he prefers to score but right now he doesn't have the service that he deserves yeah he has Trent and he has robertson but he doesn't have what he used to have he wants he has people that you know when he played with Femina money Firmino was that like outlet. He was a, he was number nine, but he did not want to be the number nine, if you get what I mean. So he wanted other people to score the goals. But this time, Gakpo, yeah. Nunez, Diaz, they want to be the ones scoring. Score. So they has to be yeah. they have to be a supplier in the midst of all the scoring. And I think Salah understands that now and that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. And te- technically he doesn't I won't say he likes it, but he knows that's what he has to do for Liverpool too. And he does it well. Yeah, 100%. Three, three assists. So credit to Liverpool. They are currently as on a 16-game win streak dating back to last season. So, oh no, sorry, not win streak, but 16-game unbeaten streak. Yeah, my, my bad on that. So we have talked a bit on that. Spurs, let's, let's move on to Spurs. Spurs left it late. We're talking about like, I think was Very it 12? extremely late. 12 minutes. 6. Um, yeah, 90, plus, no, 90 plus 8, 90 plus 10. Yeah. 
And I think they had like 15, 15 minutes of added time, which was crazy. 16 minutes of added time, which was crazy. Shout out to Richardson for yeah, crying. 100%. He cried after he missed a chance in Brazil. And he said to the press, I need to work on my self. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can see what happened. That's how you're meant to be on the press. Instead of saying, um, if he goes to the press and say, Neymar doesn't pass him the ball often. There's some ways to handle some things. Manchester United they didn't watch and learn. He went to the press. He said, I need to work on myself. I need to work on my reactions. And he worked on his reactions. I'm not saying he played a perfect game. No, but I'm saying but, yeah. he scored a goal. Yeah, he had a goal. I mean, he had a goal and assist. So. Exactly. So you, you could say maybe somewhat of a perfect game. So I do 100%. Well, so my question concerning this game is, do you think, I'm, I'm trying to find the best way to, rephrase, to phrase this question. Um, is Ange Ball the real deal? And I know I've probably asked this in another way before, but like, are we just all dreaming that Ange Ball is Ange is will take us up there? Or honestly, I don't know what is Ange Ball. I don't know if he, I have he is playing football. I'm not going to call it Ange Ball, or because when you start calling a certain tactics, let's say um. Pepper or Ten Hagball or club football. These are things that the managers have established for years. For Ange, I'm not really seeing any establishment. He's getting the results, but I'm not really seeing a different style of play. I'm just seeing football being played. Well, isn't it an exciting form of football? I mean, it's football, yeah, but isn't it a more exciting, like compared to what we are used to seeing from sports, isn't it an exciting form of football? Compared to what we've been seeing from sports, every single thing is better. Like everything is better. That's all I exactly. can say. Exactly. So that it's Tottenham was poor. We did not expect much before. We just expected week in, week out, King on the score sheet. It does scoring in our system. Now we have different things. So So which so then which begs the question? Is it should we be so excited or should our or should we just take calm our nerves and you know take I think game we by game? Wait for him to have a serious challenge. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Talk about that in a bit. But yeah, so Spurs left it late. Two late goals, 90 plus 8, 90 plus 10. 60 minutes, stupid 60 minutes of added time. I was pissed. Absolutely pissed. But we move on. City, obviously, West Ham gave them trouble for a bit. But then they came out victorious. And I don't think there's anything much to talk about other than the amount of chances Haaland missed. Insane amount of chances he missed. Haaland, Haaland. <laughs> he is... He will get his goals this year. I, this is, I think he'll still be top goal scorer. But, oh, definitely, yeah. But he is going to reduce in numbers. What I mean is that all these chances he's missing, if he ends up with, uh, let's say, 30 goals this season, He's going to regret that he missed all these chances because he would have gotten maybe about 50 goals this season. That's what I'm saying, because right I guess I guess West Ham yeah, could have right. had a hat-trick. Exactly. But yeah, City, obviously, they remained dominant. Still the only team with 100% record, you know, 15 out of 15 points. Doku, what's his, what's his full name? Doku looked good also. So maybe that's a plus to them. Doku he is explosive good. and I like it. When, when Pep yeah, was signing him, I, I was like, okay, this doesn't fit Pep's, the normal Pep style. football that we know. Yeah. 
an explosive winger. Doesn't the only close thing to explosiveness was Marius, but Marius wasn't as explosive as yeah, but Doku, that's that is that is something different. I never expected Pep to sign a player like that. Okay, then um Chelsea. Chelsea 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 Bonmoth. Chelsea had all the chances in the world. But they still couldn't score. What was going on? It's Chelsea. That's all I can say. I mean, they had 14 shots and 6 on target and they couldn't still find the net. Like, that's bizarre. Well, so Pochettino has worked to do. She has a lot to do, but... And my question concerning this game is, where do you see Chelsea going? Like, because, you know, you have seen their injury list, you have seen how many of their players are out, new signings, old people, all out. Where do they go from here? Like, what do they have to do to at least keep them afloat before all these guys return? Chelsea, like I said, our first podcast or the second podcast, I said they are not getting European football. Did I say that? I say I unless yeah. Pochettino gets his head down, which we have seen him do by giving Sterling that free room or license issue, which will happen, which happened in the first game that Sterling was looking at Prime Hazard. He didn't need to keep doing that because Sterling has the experience. He knows what it means to touch a Premier League trophy, not once, not twice. So you need to give him that credit to be able to. And now Sterling is in his best shape of his life. As he said, changed diet and now he's looking explosive and better than before. I just hope they can remain because I, I do pity. It's so sad when you see their injury list. You see players that they signed for so much money on, on injury list. For Fauna, out for however long. Rhys James struggling what he's struggling with. You have... Lavia also too injured. I think Caicedo too is on the list. You have Cucurella on the list. Like it's just, it just looks like everything is going from bad to worse for Chelsea. And I, I do feel sad for them. But hopefully the players they have, Poch can keep help be able to keep them afloat till this main guys come back. Lastly, on this Chelsea dilemma, Modric. What do you think? Do you think we need? Are we? Do you think he needs more time? Yeah, that's what I mean to say. Do you think he needs more time? Modric is not an actual footballer. And that's that's what I that's what I think. I think that he is the luckiest human being out there. I think he's a semi-professional that plays for a professional team. Because from the way he plays, I don't even think time is saving him. Because he's had time for country, he's had time for club. And there's no change. Did you see him England versus um Ukraine. When the yeah. When he had that challenge with Walker. That he was yeah. on the ground like a bit and Walker didn't even touch him. I'm like, bro, are you playing football? Are you in the are you in the ballet room? What are you playing? He it's not time, it's not about time. He needs he needs to go back into training and become a professional because what I see is a TikTok star that got fame for his first touch and yeah, we got a pro contract that's all I see I see well moving on let's talk about let's round up with Arsenal Everton a very professional display from Arsenal one new victory over Everton they had won there since 2017 so it was a very good win obviously the storyline coming out from that game was obviously Uriah starting over Ramsdale 
And obviously you have everyone talking, always oh, Ramsey out of your project, this is this, that, 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 all that stuff. What do you think about that situation? Do you think Ateta is overthinking it in terms of, because after the match, he had some comments about there were times he regretted not substituting the goalie and all that stuff. Do you think Ateta is overthinking this situation or he's just trying to, or this can be a reinvention of, of the game? I think Ateta has worked under Pep Guardiola, so the act of overthinking is not far-fetched. But I think this time around, he is, he has his reasons. That's what I, w- I would like to believe. I don't think he has overthinking. I'll just think he has, he has his reasons. Would you be surprised if he doesn't start Ramsdale in the Champions League game? Honestly, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. But, like I said, it's not always on the goalie. If the players play perfect football, you don't even notice who is in goal. Yeah. So, I mean, whoever he's going to play, he's also a very decent goalie, good on his feet. I mean, so yeah, they're, I'll both, just like they're to, both really good. I'll, yeah. Yeah, I'll just like to see what I think he's just trying to avoid that out of position that Ramsdale often does. And uh, yeah, I think that he's just trying to avoid that because he happened um, this season and he got cut off his line last season and this season as well. I think he's trying to avoid that with a goalkeeper with a better position. But I would like to see. I would like to see. 100%. And you know, as an Arsenal fan myself, when I saw Raya starting, I was okay with it. Like, obviously I was okay. Because they had two good goalkeepers. So I was 100% okay with it. But then after the game, you hear all these pundits talking. You hear, oh, Ramsdale is this, Ramsdale is that. You're like, what's going on here? Like, why do you guys just like assume stuff so much you don't know what's going on behind the scene he's probably had a conversation with Ramsdale probably had a conversation with Raya they are probably discussed stuff he doesn't just do things and like I mean there are some pundits that are saying Ramsdale seems surprised and shocked and completely out of it but I'm like okay if he probably did maybe after the game he had a conversation with him and told him okay this is my plan because he doesn't he won't just do things and not tell you what he's doing like you get, you get what I mean? So as an Arsenal fan, I do love the fact that we have two outstanding goalkeepers that maybe we could switch around. And if he does reinvent the game of, you know, switching goalkeepers at like halftime or maybe the team, the opposing team changes their style of play and, you know, this goalkeeper is better at this style of play, bringing him on at halftime. I mean, personally, I don't see what's wrong with it. So That'll be a waste of substitution, but I don't see what's wrong with it. 100%. So let's just touch on a few things before we move on. Obviously, Newcastle came back from their slump 1-0 against Bradford. I think that was a really good game, tight game precisely. And Newcastle, just smallest of margins, came out with the winning goal. Callum Wilson scoring the penalty. I necessarily don't think that was a penalty, but, you know, VR and all that good stuff. Villa also coming back against Villa also coming back against Palace because Palace scored first and then you had also I think they had like 18 minutes of stoppage time to something like that which was also stupidly bizarre like that's what, like what happened during the game that you are giving them 18 minutes of stoppage time why 17, 17 minutes of stop what happened what was happening during the game but it is what it is so I think that's the world we're in right now so Lovely. So now let's go to our players of the game. Or your players of the game, my bad. Your players of the game. Let's go to your players of the game. 
Newcastle, Bradford, who do you have? Nobody. Shocking football. One. No, I'm sorry, I'm not picking anybody because the game was a very strange game. It was basically a tight one, and then VR did VR, what VR does best intervene. Yeah. Gordon went to, he went in between two players to get a ball that was never his. Exactly. That's why, that's why I said I don't believe it was a penalty ball. And, well, Callum Wilson, a good penalty. All in all, I don't think, I don't think there's any outstanding player in that game. I'll just, I think I'll have to give it to a Brentford player. I think I'll give it to him because he was everywhere, defending, attacking. He was everywhere that game. I think the okay. second penalty claim, it was a handball by him. As a striker, what are you doing there? But fair play to him. West Ham City. West Ham City. I have to give it to um, Doku. Because he okay. started the comeback. Without that first grade, it have been difficult. Plus, he created a lot of chances for Eden Haaland. 100%. Yeah. Towards Sheffield. Ooh, if I, if I would like to give it to Richardson, but it would be based on what he said before because of the Brazil putting my head down. So I'll, I'll give it to Richardson. Richardson. United Brighton. <sighs> What's the question? Well, um, I'll give it to Lante. I thought about that so driving, like, he had driving really, from the yeah he had, a, really he had a good game I think he grabbed about two assists yeah he was yeah. overlapping at his finest Luton sorry Fulham Luton Fulham Luton honestly I didn't really watch the game but I think from what I've what I heard I heard that William gave them a tough time on that left wing that's what from what oh, I've yeah, heard I mean, and because I read he was playing football like Prime De Bruyne. That's, that's why I, I didn't watch the game. But yeah, that's that's what I can take out from what I heard. Yeah. Villa Palace. Mm, Villa Palace. I think I'll give it to Douglas Lewis. Douglas Lewis. Okay, Wolves Liverpool. Wolves Liverpool, Mohamed Salah. Obviously, 100%. Bournemouth Chelsea. Bournemouth Chelsea, absolutely shocking. Uh, what can I take off from that game? That'll be. It. I have to give it to the goalkeepers here. You know, I'm not even. I'm not even trolling. I think I have Goal. to give it to Neto. Neto, yeah. 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 Everton Arsenal. Decent saves. Everton Arsenal. Take it away, Lissandro Trossard. He played. He played a nice game. Beautiful finish as well. Hundred wow. percent. Forest Burnley. Forest Burnley. Honestly, I'll give it based on the finish and I'll give it to Hudson Odoi. His loan to Bayern Munich is really showing with that finish. What a coiler. What a finesse. That was Bayern, like Bayern pure Leverkusen. FIFA. Was it? Bayern Leverkusen, yeah. Or was it Frankfurt? Was it not Bayern Munich? It was Frankfurt. No, it wasn't Bayern Munich. It was Hudson Odoi from Chelsea. Hudson Odoi, yeah. From Chelsea, yeah. I think it was either Frankfurt or Bayern Leverkusen. It was Bayern Munich. No, it wasn't. <laughs> No, it wasn't. 100% sure it wasn't. So it's Bayern Leverkusen. Exactly. I'm sure of that. Bayern Leverkusen. It wasn't I said Bayern. Not Bayern. You said Bayern Munich. I said Shoo. Bayern. Not Bayern Munich. Shoo. I just said Bayern. Shh. Shh. I said Bayern. Okay. Just, I just so agree that I'm right. Hot's not doing. Let's go. Hot's not doing. 
Okay, let's move on to Matrix 6 with the banger. Obviously, let's start with North London Derby um, at the Emirates. What do you see happening there? Do you think, do you think obviously, there are two teams that are beating. One of them is, is either it's a draw or one of them has to lose. So what do you, what's your prediction for that game? Prediction for that game is Arsenal. This is your time to show that you still have your vibe from last season. And okay. Tottenham, so-called Ange Ball, this is your test. This is the test for the Ange Ball. So I would like, I would like to say that would be, be a good game to watch. But it's not about Arsenal is that they tend to make derbies boring without that man's jacket. So it's going to be a red one because Havertz is not going to start fights like Jack does. That makes the game, you know, interesting for us to watch. I mean, I necessarily don't agree with you, but okay. I necessarily don't agree with you. You're, you're okay. never going to agree with an Arsenal fan, but okay. That's different. I think the North London Derby, whoever, whichever side loses, whether Arsenal wins or Arsenal loses, there's always a certain energy to it that no, makes it so interesting. Unless Jack has played, there is an energy to it. Simple, case closed. Okay, Palace Fulham. Edward has been on his game scoring goals. I think he's what? How many does he have now this season? I think three five. or four goals. Either five or Edward, four. Edward, yeah. He's, yeah. Been on, he's been on the road. If he keeps up, he'll absolutely trash Fulham. But Will, don't you... I've been watching Fulham and Reed in that midfield is it's looking, it's looking comfortable. William always... Age doesn't tell on the Brazilian. William is looking like a young boy. And yeah, I think I think that'll be an interesting game as well. But I'm not going to watch it because I hate watching Palace matches, especially in Palace Stadium, Selhurst Park. It's just weird. There's always a certain type of sun. And I don't like watching the game when it's like half of the pitch is sunny, half of the pitch is dark. It's just weird to me. I just like watching it in the perfect weather. Don't ask Bro, me just tell me your scoreline. That's what I want. I just want the scoreline. Like... You just want my scoreline. I just want the scoreline. Yeah. I, I don't really care if you watch it or not. Like, you know what I mean? Cool, cool. Palace to win 2-1. Um, by the way, never give your Arsenal scoreline. So. We'll get there. Arsenal is on Sunday. We'll speak on Saturday first. Okay, Mr. Arsenal? Okay. Thank you. Yes, sir. Okay, sir. I'm sorry. Looting Wolves. Over to win 2-0. Long term Antonio. And before we before we move on, just to agree to your point, I hate, actually do hate that like when once the sun is on one side and the the other side is so dark. It makes my eye like it's like so annoying. Okay, so so you do agree to what I was saying? No, I agree to that, yeah, because like it's so annoying. Like it makes cool. it so, so why did you why did you not rush me to to give you a scoreline? No, I was just like you know, you are just, I mean, you are ranting for a bit, so I had to like cut Mind you. of the fans, I feel like you have Mind stuff. of the fans, listeners, this is what I go through every day. Send, send your kind messages to me. I go through this every single day. But let's move on. Manchester Man City, City for, Forest. Man City walk over. 3-0. Bradford Everton. Bradford win 4-1. Bradford win 4-1. Burnley, Man United. I mean, this is a winnable game for United, so I, I don't. I think it's a very winnable game for United. So I'm going to say United to bounce back due to whatever is going to happen tomorrow, or rather, yeah, tomorrow. Also, United will win this game three 0 Okay, Arsenal Spurs. Arsenal to win two one. Brighton Bournemouth. Brighton to win 
3-1. Chelsea Villa. Villa to win. 3-1. Liverpool West Ham. Oh, that's going to be a tough one. I'll take 1-0 to Liverpool. And then Sheffield Newcastle. Newcastle win. 3-0. You know, I find this so annoying why they have the North London Derby as the first game on a Sunday morning. Oh, like I said, like I said, like I said, no Jaka, no intensity. Because like, if Sheffield why is Sheffield was in this club? If Jaka was in this club right now, they save that game to late kickoff. So everyone like, exactly like why is Sheffield Newcastle the last game of the week? Like that's listen, I'm going to Mr. calm Arsenal. down. I'm going to calm down. Listen, yeah. Mister Arsenal, before you 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 say some words on my family friendly podcast, yeah, no Jaka, no no fights. It costs no interest. It costs to early kickoff. Yes, Jaka, it costs to more fights, more interest, late kickoff. Does that answer your question? Sure, let's go with that. Let's Good. go with that. This has been an interesting episode. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved being back. I'm sure, I'm 100% sure Spy also did. Or oh, I know Spy did. No, he loved this. That's right when he was ranting about United. I mean, I he was probably said otherwise. That, yeah, he was ranting, ranting. He, he absolutely loved this episode. Speaking facts about United. Okay. Well, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Again, we love you guys. We appreciate the support. We hope you just keep vibing with us. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all your amazing friends and family out there. We'll keep bringing the good stuff to you guys. So. Don't forget to watch the Champions League. The Champions League is back this week. So don't forget to watch those games. Catch it. Enjoy the atmosphere of Champions League. Especially the Anthem. I think the Anthem is so good. So don't forget to watch it. We'll see you guys after match week. After match week, match week 6. We'll see you guys after match week 6. With all our highlights. And breakdown. And all the major storylines from each game. So hope you guys have an amazing amazing week and weekend we'll see you guys next week we're out